Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. The Old Testament reading for the 21st Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapters 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons, and for days and years. And let them be the lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, 
and over the livestock and all over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth Everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. This is the word of the Lord. Please read along with me your catechetical review. The third article of the creed, sanctification. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and of the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in one true faith. In this Christian church he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the word of our Lord. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, 
he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live, and he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We heard that great creation, the story of creation this morning, that great reading. God speaks. Things happen. God speaks. He creates. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke. He created the expanse of the heavens. With his words, he created the seas, the land, and everything in them. He created Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life. God speaks, and it is so. His word always accomplishes that which it was sent to do. We're reminded of this throughout Scripture. Uh, Certainly one of the places we find this is in Isaiah 55, which says this, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God isn't bound by laws of physics, by space and time. He is omniscient. He's omnipresent. Jesus doesn't have to display his eternal glory in demonstrative ways. For example, We see time and again throughout the Gospels where he did things healing by using mud or spit. He did things that defy our finite human logic and reason. He told the paralytic simply to rise, take your bed, and go home. He spoke words, and it happened. In our Gospel... Christ heals this official son by simply speaking it. His word is powerful. This word that spoke all things into existence brought this son from death to life. The seeming impossible is possible. When this father approached Jesus in our gospel to ask him to heal his son, Jesus said this to him. He said, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. 
Well, this is not necessarily an indictment on just this man, but that you there is plural, and Jesus was speaking to all that were gathered there. So it's, in this sense, it's not necessarily derogatory because many of them will believe and come to faith when they see the power of Christ and of God displayed. Of course, it's quite another thing if a person will only believe because of signs, but refuses to believe if there's no evidence of power displayed through a miracle. I love in this text how the official this man that comes from Capernaum to see Jesus because his son is dying. He doesn't argue with Jesus about this. He doesn't say anything. In fact, he responds with this. Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus says these words to him. Go, your son will live. That is, go, your son lives. God spoke. And it was so. And when Jesus spoke these words, Go, your son lives, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went on his way. There's no begging, there's no pleading. This man, after coming all the way from the coast of where, uh, Capernaum, he had to be pretty exhausted, and he just wasn't going to argue with Jesus. But here we see that he displayed his faith by believing the word that Jesus had spoken to him. And dear saints, we have to, we have to think and believe uh, that on his way back to Capernaum, which was about a 14 or 15 mile journey, uh, the enemy was most likely working on him like he would most of us. Do you really think that he really healed your son? I mean, after all, he wasn't even there. What makes you think he even cares about you? Planting seeds of doubt and fear and despair. But God doesn't leave him hanging here because we find in the text then that he says his servants met him and told him his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better and they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son lives. And here's the best part. And he himself believed and all his household. God speaks and things happen. His speaking things into existence or breaking into our world and performing signs or miracles is, is not dependent upon whether you and I believe it or not. And as we heard in the prophet Isaiah, God's word does not return to him void. He didn't say to the official, go, your son lives only if you will believe. The son lives because Jesus spoke it, because Jesus said so. Jesus had mercy on this father who was at his, certainly at his wit's end here. He didn't know where to turn. But he knew that Jesus could do this. This man had undoubtedly by this time exhausted all of his options. It's like saying, okay, God, I've tried everything else. I don't know what to do. Help me. Lord, have mercy. How many of us here have been, found ourselves in some kind of impossible situation or even, even now, some kind of situation that there just seems to be no easy solution? We're at our wit's end. 
There just seems to be no good outcome to this struggle that we find ourselves in. And we may pray, pray a prayer that sounds, help me out of this, sounds something like this, help me out of this situation, Lord. Show me a sign and show me that you hear my prayers so that I can believe. I expect a miracle from you, God. I've just received some terrible news from the doctor. I, I need you to fix this situation. You're a God of miracles, so take care of this. And how many of us then, when God doesn't give us an answer, when we expect and want in our time, we feel that God doesn't love us. That he's abandoned you or he's abandoned me. He doesn't care for you since he didn't give you a clear answer when you were in the middle of your crisis. And we can find ourselves then removed from God in sinful resentment. You didn't do for me what I expected and asked, therefore I'm not going to have anything to do with you anymore. There are many today who continue to scoff unless they see proof, unless they see miracles. The end point of this text today is not about the healing of the son. That's not it. There's more to this. Because what's really at stake here is eternal salvation. That through the healing of the son, the official and his family came to faith. They believed in Jesus. And then there was the Samaritan woman uh, before this in, in John's gospel that Jesus had spent time with at the well. She came to faith. There were no miracles. She came to faith. She believed in Jesus. She went back to be one of the great missionaries back to her village, telling everyone about the Christ, the Messiah, had come. With or without miracles, God's word drew them to faith. We can certainly struggle when we want and expect God to act within our expectations and timeline. Well, most times he doesn't. And he doesn't answer a prayer according to the outcome and desire that we're looking for, but according to his will. And of this we can be certain that he will always, always act according to his will for our good. This is all accomplished, dear saints, through the cross and in the cross of Christ. His will always is that none should perish, but that all should come to saving faith and have eternal life. This is his good and gracious will. The son in the gospel today would eventually die, to be sure, but he wouldn't die without knowing that Christ had redeemed him. Certainly he had spared his life at that time, but most importantly, he had saved him from eternal damnation. Like the son here who was brought from death to life, the son of God gave his life so that we could be forgiven our sins and have eternal life in him. We have been raised from death to life. And it was through the powerful word of God when he said these words on the cross, when he said, it is finished. His work is complete. His words. His words are powerful. And you and I have been set free 
from the bondage of our sins because of his powerful words. Be certain this morning that Jesus hears your prayers. He bears your burdens. And his desire today is through the working of the Holy Spirit that he continues to call sinners to faith. And for those that are baptized and those that are, that, that are called his own, he forgives us our faithlessness. He forgives us when we want him to act according to our will. He forgives us when we want to walk away from faith. Christ never abandons us. He never leaves us. According to his good and gracious will, he desires that we would all continue to trust in him because of his word. The same, this is the same Jesus, the word that was with God in the beginning, through whom all things were brought into existence, that came to dwell among man in the flesh. Dear saints, even though he ascended into heaven, we, and as we wait for his glorious return, he is still with us. He is present with us. He promises this through his holy word. His words, in the promise of baptism, in the absolution, in the preaching of the gospel, in his holy supper, this is Jesus for you through his word. And may God the Holy Spirit continue then to strengthen you in the one true faith by his word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.